Shalom, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Sid. I have Brother Wesley assisting me today. We have a detailed lesson prepared for our brothers and sisters internationally. Today's lesson is called Make Up Your Mind, brothers and sisters. Make up your mind. Today's lesson will be aimed at overcoming double-mindedness, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson will be for spiritual and emotional maturity. Our lesson will be a mental audit to bring our blind spots from behind the veil, brothers and sisters, to make our election sure, brothers and sisters. Make up your mind. We're going to start in Hosea chapter 6, verse 4, Brother Wesley. Hosea chapter 6, verse 4. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? So, brothers and sisters, the key here is it says Ephraim. Who is Ephraim? Ephraim is the Blaiquatainos, brothers and sisters, the Puerto Ricans. And it says Judah. Who is Judah? Judah is the so-called African-American, the Negroes that went into slavery on ships are the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Christ, the tribe of Solomon, the tribe of David. Ephraim, the tribe of Joseph, brothers and sisters. Now, anybody who knows biblical history understands that after Solomon, the kingdom was split from one into two. You had the southern kingdom of Judah and you had the northern kingdom, brothers and sisters, of Israel. And who was the king of the northern uh, kingdom? The king tribe was Ephraim or the Blaikwatainos, the Puerto Ricans. And Judah or the Negroes <clears throat> not only was the king of the all 12 when they were together, but when separately, Judah was the king of the southern tribes, brothers and sisters. Who were the southern tribes? Benjamin, Judah, and Levi. Who is Levi? <clears throat> Levi, according to the Bible, are the Haitians, brothers and sisters. Moses and Aaron will be, if they walk today, called Haitians. And then you had Benjamin. Paul was from Benjamin. Paul was a Benjamite. Who are the Benjamites? Those of the West Indies, brothers and sisters. Without any shadow of a doubt, the tribe of Benjamin are those in the West Indies. Those of Jamaica, brothers and sisters, in that area. So here it's referring to not only the Ephraimites and the Judeans, it's speaking of the northern kingdom and southern kingdom, which encompasses all 12. Read four one more time, brother, please. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as a morning cloud. For what? For your goodness is as a morning cloud. And as the early dew, it goeth away. The devotion that we sometimes have passeth away as a morning cloud and as they early do, brothers and sisters. That's why it says, for your goodness is as a morning cloud, as the early do that goeth away. So our people have a proclivity to be whimsical and unreliable, brothers and sisters. We're so erratic and unpredictable, according to the Bible, brothers and sisters. Read verse 4 one more time, please, brother. Hosea chapter 6, verse 4. O Ephraim, what shall I do unto thee? O Judah, what shall I do unto thee? For your goodness is as a morning cloud, and as an early dew, it goeth away. As the early dew. You know when you wake up in the morning, brothers and sisters, especially like, you know, uh, down south, you have that dew that's on the grass, and then two hours later, it's gone. This is what he's saying. Our people are historically fickle. It's almost puzzling to the most high, brothers and sisters. It's an absolute nefarious act, brothers and sisters. 
We're not consistent. Our goodness is as a morning cloud, as the early dew that goeth away. So what we're talking about today is what? Making up your mind, brothers and sisters. Make up your mind. Let's go to Joshua, brother. Follow us, brothers and sisters. We're going to Joshua, which is the book after Deuteronomy. We're going to Joshua 24, verse 15. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. And if it seems evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve. Read that again, brother. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye shall. You will serve. Choose you this day whom you will serve. So he challenges the Israelites to choose who they will follow. Read. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell, but as for me and my house. But what? But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Brothers and sisters, look at this. This scripture gives indication that it is possible for us to fall into the trap of misplaced allegiances, brothers and sisters. Choose today whom you shall serve. Will you serve the Most High God, the Great I Am from Exodus 3? Will you serve Satan? Will you serve yourself? Why? Because our people have a history of submitting only when convenient, brothers and sisters. It's called selective obedience. And it's an egregious act in the face of the Most High. So we must not do as most do, but as the best do, brothers and sisters. Choose today whom you shall serve, brothers and sisters. This is critical. This is critical. This is key, brothers and sisters. Don't play with it. Either serve the Most High, submit fully, serve yourself. When, when you serve yourself, you're actually serving Satan, brothers and sisters. Because some people say, well, yeah, I'm just, I'm just doing me right now, you know, I, I'm not really serving the Most High, but I'm just doing me. I'm not serving Satan. That don't exist. Just doing me. <laughs> just doing me is serving Satan, brothers and sisters. You're either serving the Most High or you're, you're, you're serving the fallen one, brothers and sisters. And we're going to prove that. Let's go to Romans, Brother Wesley. Follow us, brothers and sisters, to the epistles. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. Look at that. Look at that, brothers and sisters. Whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, that's your God, brothers and sisters. Whoever you obey, that's whose servant you are. So this is showing we all live in slavery to one of two masters, either to, either to our sinful desires or to the Savior, brothers and sisters. Why? Because the Most High has designed us for singular servitude. So there's no such thing as spiritual multitasking, brothers and sisters. It's impossible to give full allegiance to more than one entity. Read that one more time, brother. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Know ye not? That whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. See, obedience unto righteousness. So when we choose to follow our own reasoning, our own assessment of what's good for us, we have now been beguiled into serving the God of self, brothers and sisters. Whose slave are you, brothers and sisters? That's the key. Choose today whom you shall serve. 
brothers and sisters. So when Christians say, well, yeah, the law is done away with. We don't really have to follow the law. Well, the Bible tells you that sin is transgression of the law. So if you're following sin, you're a servant to sin unto death. You're servant to sin, brothers and sisters, which is going to bring forth death. You're serving Satan, brothers and sisters. You want to eat pork and eat all the unclean foods that Leviticus tell you not to. I had a brother tell me, well, yeah, uh, all that that's in the Old Testament, we don't have to follow. I'm like, brother, why would the Most High take all that time to deliver this wealth of, uh, of knowledge and then say, uh, you don't have to follow it? See, we've been deceived, brothers and sisters. We have been deceived to think we don't have to follow what the Most High spent time and, and then did what? Protected this record where we can read it thousands of years later. To just say, well, yeah, the whole half, first half of the book, you don't have to follow. You're following Satan. Whoever's teaching that mess is following the devil. What type of God would tell you you don't have to follow no law? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, so hypothetically, you're right. Can I kill you, brother, since I don't have to follow law? Hmm? Can I steal from you, brother, since I don't have to follow no law? Can, can your wife go deal with, with uh, uh, you know, ten different men since we ain't following no law up in here? See, exactly, exactly. Choose today whom you shall serve, brothers and sisters. Read verse 16 again, brother, please. Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Know ye not that whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or unto obedience unto righteousness. Whether sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness, brothers and sisters. Choose today. Whom you shall serve. Further proof. Let's go to John, brother. Go to the gospel. Please follow us, brothers and sisters. John chapter 8, verse 34. What does that say, brother? John chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you. What did he say? Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. What did he say? Whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. The slavery of the soul to evil passions and desires, brothers and sisters, bound to it as a slave to his master. See, whoever committed sin is a servant of sin. First thing I do is I ask a Christian, when a Christian says, well, we don't have to follow the law, that, that was done away with when Christ was, you know, when Christ died, I'm like, okay, brother, well, what is sin according to the Bible? I asked the Christian that. I said, brother, a few years ago, what is sin? He started going on this uh, diatribe. He said, well, yeah, people, many people have different, uh, <laughs> different understandings of what sin is. I said, brother, the New Testament tell you sin is transgression of the law. Now, if there is no law, that means there's no such thing as sin. So why did Christ come to die if there's no such thing as sin? Read it again, brother, verse 34. John chapter 8, verse 34. Jesus answered them. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whosoever committed sin is the servant of sin. There is no one in this world who is not a slave, brothers and sisters. You're either a slave to sin or a slave to the Savior, brothers and sisters. There is no in-between. So that's why we're bringing forth this lesson on make up your mind. Make up your mind whom you shall serve, brothers and sisters. Why? Proverbs 25 and 19 is the reason why, brothers and sisters. Follow us to Proverbs. 
Proverbs chapter 25, verse 19. What does that say, brother? Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. Brothers and sisters, it says confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth or a broken foot. When it says faithful or unfaithful, a man who's unfaithful is one who shows a lack of commitment. Just like in a relationship. If you're not committed, you're unfaithful, right? See? So people who are double-minded are not sought out for service in any capacity. Why? Because they aren't faithful. They're unreliable. The Bible is showing you a double-minded man or woman will prove himself or herself unserviceable. Brothers and sisters. Read that again, brother, please. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 19. Confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. It says like a broken tooth, which is painful and vexatious, brothers and sisters. A broken tooth or a, a foot out of joint is painful. It's vexatious, brothers and sisters. So it's showing you in the time of crisis and distress that confidence in a faithful man is vital, brothers and sisters. See, look at that. When when rubber meets the road <laughs> and you need a leader, we need a man to step up, right? <laughs> a broken tooth is painful, which means the only thing he's going to bring you is pain, right? A foot out of joint means you're going to have pain and you'll be restricted. There'll be a hindrance to, to your progression because you can't move forward. Your foot is broken, <laughs> See, so this, you can put this in the concept of just a regular relationship, brothers and sisters. See, an unfaithful man, how, if he's unfaithful, how can I trust him to fight the enemy? How can I trust him to protect me? This is the same thing the Most High is saying. How can I trust an unfaithful man to lead my army, right? To lead this revolution, this spiritual revolution. Read that one more time, brother. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 19. Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. See, so that second illustration, you know, that a foot out of joint means it's going to be a hindrance to your progression. You can't put confidence in an unfaithful man. Unfaithful means he's not committed. The only person he's committed to is himself. So how can you put confidence in that? Because guess what? If the choice arises where it's doing what's best for himself or what's best for his people or for the most high, he's going to do what's best for himself. Therefore, he's going to bring you pain like a broken tooth. See? That's what we're talking about, brothers and sisters. We're talking about being double-minded. Make up your mind. Choose today whom you shall serve. This is one of the most powerful and prolific scriptures in biblical text, brothers and sisters, especially for men. Confidence in an unfaithful man. You must prove yourself faithful before we can trust and be confident in you. And see, it's the little things that show that, brothers and sisters. Speaking to my brothers out there, because a lot of us say, well, the woman won't step down. She won't allow me to leave. Well, brother, have you shown her <laughs> In any way that she can trust you with leadership. And that's in the small things. That's the small things because that's what she's looking at. <laughs> he who's faithful in much will be faithful in little. 
he who's faithful in little will be faithful in much. So if you can't even be faithful with the <laughs> with the smallest, and this is what we do, brothers and sisters, we ask for more and we haven't mastered less. How can you ask for more and you haven't mastered less? Confidence in an unfaithful man, an uncommitted man, in a time of trouble is going to bring you pain and a hindrance to your progression, brothers and sisters. That's why today's lesson is called what? Make up your mind. Will you be committed or not? We need to know. The Most High needs to know, brothers and sisters. You need to know. Who are you committed to? Brother Wesley, let's go to um, let's go to Second Timothy, brother. Let's go to the um, we'll go to the New Testament here. Second Timothy, chapter two, verse three. Second Timothy, chapter two, verse three. Thou therefore endure hardness. Do what? Thou therefore endure hardness. Endure hardship. As a good soldier of Christ. As what? As a good soldier of Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Read that again. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. That what? That he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Look at that, brothers and sisters. A soldier must be single-minded, brothers and sisters. When it says, no man that warreth entangleth Entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. We must avoid being distracted away from our work by civilian affairs. This scripture is a warning against divided loyalties. Read that from the top, brother, please. Second Timothy chapter two, verse three. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Christ. No man that worth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him. Who have chosen him to be a soldier. A soldier's primary responsibility is to please the one who enlisted him in this service, brothers and sisters. And see, that's key. Because why? Confidence in an unfaithful man. <laughs> it's like having a broken tooth. See, how can I trust you as a soldier? And you're entangling yourself with the affairs of this life. See, we must take the attitude of a soldier who willingly separates himself from the things of civilian life, brothers and sisters. And that's critical. See, that I may please him, not please my brother, not please my sister, not please my mother, not please my father, not please my husband, not please my wife, not please my job. If any of that's going to uh, muddy the waters between me doing what pleases him. Now, if I can please my God and you at the same time, then so be it. But where we're going to part ways is when giving your pleasure, pleasing you differentiates from what my responsibility is to him because why I'm enlisted in his army, not yours. So you have to be careful. Where does your loyalty lie? Brothers and sisters, where does it lie? Read verse five, please brother. Second Timothy chapter two, verse five. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet he is not crowned except he strive lawfully. Except what? Except he strive lawfully. See, so brothers and sisters, you want to be in this war. You want to be a soldier. You have to play by his rules, brothers and sisters. Give up anything that gets in the way of being a good soldier or serving our commanding officer, brothers and sisters. Why do we bring this up? Because these are the things that keep us, you know, 
in a duplicitous mind, dealing with, you know, a double mind, not able to make up my mind because I, I'm trying to please myself or I'm trying to please him or her in more than I'm trying to please him, the most high. Or I'm trying to please both and you can't, brothers and sisters. So if you're going to be a soldier, you have to endure hardship, which is showing you what? <laughs> Soldiers will go through hardship. You're going to have to make hard decisions. This is how he proves you to know whether he can have confidence in you, brothers and sisters. Who are you committed to? Most importantly, where does your loyalty lie? Because most of us, our loyalty lies within ourselves. We're going to do whatever we think is best for us. See, and you can't be trusted because you're going to make the best decision. Sometimes the best decision for you is not the best decision for the most high. It's not the best decision for everybody. So you have to be careful. Let's go to Matthew, brother. Let's go to Matthew 16 and 24. Make up your mind, brothers and sisters. Make up your mind. Today's lesson will help us with the spirit of double mindedness, brothers and sisters. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then said Christ unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Let him what? Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. So look at this, brothers and sisters. You cannot, <laughs> you, know, you know, have a commitment to yourself, a commitment to Christ. This is the first thing he said. If you're going to follow me, you first must deny what you want. <laughs> See? That's key, brothers and sisters, having single-minded devotion to the Most High, willing to forego all the pleasures and comforts of life, concentrating only on one aim or purpose. <laughs> we must disown and renounce our selfish, you know, desires. We must renounce ourselves and subjugate everything, brothers and sisters. The first thing he said, if you're going to come after me, you have to deny yourself. You must be committed to me more than you're committed to you. Read that one more time, please, Brother Wesley. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Christ said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my, for my sake Shall find it. So look at that, brothers and sisters. If you try to hold on to what your desires are, <laughs> you're going to lose your life. You're going to lose all this. You're going to wake up and you're going to find out you still didn't obtain it. And you've lost your opportunity for eternity. This is what he's showing you, brothers and sisters. The supreme object of our lives cannot be our personal happiness or fulfilling our every desire, brothers and sisters. The passing pleasures and cares of the world will only gratify and satisfy the immediate desires. So he who refuses to deny himself shall lose his life eternally. That's what this is showing you, brothers and sisters. See? And brothers who've been in the military and sisters understand this. <laughs> You're committed to the eagle. You're committed to your commander. You're committed to your country more so than what you want to do. See? That's what being a soldier is, brothers and sisters. And everybody is not built to be a soldier. We understand that. We understand that, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Revelations, brethren. 3 and 15. Follow us to Revelations, brothers and sisters. Revelations, 
chapter 3, verse 15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spill thee out of my mouth. See, so look at this, brothers and sisters. This is key. You must deny yourself. I've had many, a myriad of people ask me at one time or another, you know, I, I realized my purpose, my calling, what the most high want for me, but I had plans. This is the things that I wanted to do. Where, how do I fit that in? And I'm like, well, you don't fit that in. <laughs> you seek the kingdom first and everything else will be added because there's no way that you're going to wake up to your calling and find out your purpose and then be trying to do what you're trying to do. Well, what about the fun part? What about what I want? What about what you want? What about it? Are you committed to him? Are you committed to, you know, whatever benefits you? He's shown you if our only interest is the immediate gratification that the world has to offer, we will manifest symptoms of being lukewarm. Brothers and sisters, read verse 15 again, brother. Revelations chapter 3, verse 15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot. What will happen? I will spew thee out of my mouth. I will what? I will spew thee out of my mouth. Brothers and sisters, imagine this. Imagine your, your, your kitchen sink has standing water in it. A puddle of standing water been there for a few days. Imagine taking a spoon of that water and then putting it into your mouth to drink it. What's going to happen? The thought of it alone make you want to spit it out, doesn't it, brothers and sisters? <laughs> See, that's how he feels, brothers and sisters. The thought of it alone is disgusting. It disgusts me. It's what the Most High is saying. I will spew you out of my mouth. Why? Because we attempt to combine the service of God with the service of self. You can't do that. He urges us to be earnest or zealous and commit ourselves totally to him, brothers and sisters. Complete submission, brothers and sisters. And that's key. Our people are, have a history of being whimsical concerning this, brothers and sisters, of being self-centered and selfish brothers and sisters, and doing only what's best for us, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson will help us make that choice. Today, whom we shall serve, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to James. I'm going to stick in the New Testament here. Please follow us to James chapter 4, verse 7. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Do what? Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, guess what? You have to submit yourself to the Most High, brothers and sisters, before he flees from you. And it's showing you when you submit, your submission is resisting the devil. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters? Full submission. Read that one more time, brother. James chapter 4, verse 7. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Read. Draw nigh to God. Do what? Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners. Do what? Cleanse ye, cleanse your hands, ye sinners. And purify your heart, ye double-minded. And purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Brothers and sisters, double-mindedness requires knowing his instruction and making a premeditated effort to subvert it. And then justify the behavior. See? 
It says, draw nigh to me and I'll draw nigh to you. But guess what? If you have divided loyalties, you can't draw nigh to him because your other passion is pulling you in a different direction. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. So double-mindedness occurs when we harbor a sin and still appear to live God's way, brothers and sisters. We'll comply with his guidance until it benefits us to neglect it. There's nothing more that the Most High hates. Nothing more. That's key, brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, we're going to stick in the book of James. We're going to James chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. Follow us there, brothers and sisters. James chapter 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith, Nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. So look at this, brothers and sisters, a double-minded man or woman. This person lacks certainty because he, because he or she is a man or woman of no fixed or decided purpose. And guess what? This creates a chaotic spiritual life. Read the next scripture, brother. For let not... That man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Read that again. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. For let not that man think he will receive anything of the Most High. So look at that. When you're double-minded, brothers and sisters. See, you're like a wave of the sea going to and fro. And a lot of times we don't ask in faith because what we're asking for is not in his will. And we know that. So because of that, you're going to get nothing <laughs> because, see, that's what double minded is. Double minded means, you know, and you decide to go against. <laughs> see, so a lot of times when we pray, when we know it's not in his will, we don't have the conviction because we know what we're really asking for is not in his will. Read, read that from the top, brother, please. James chapter one, verse six. But let him ask in faith. Nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let, no, for let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Read. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Read that again. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. See, so being double-minded creates a chaotic spiritual life, brothers and sisters. Why? Because opposing desires rip us apart spiritually. We cannot please both the Most High and our sinful pleasures at the same time, brothers and sisters. See, it says unstable in all his ways. That's everything. That's not just in one thing. That's why you can't be confident in an unfaithful man or an uncommitted man or a double-minded man. Because he's unstable in all his ways. See? So as long as the Most High's direction doesn't jeopardize his desire, <laughs> listen, we're good. But if the instruction contradicts his passion, you'll find him unreliable. See, that's why he's unstable. I can't trust in that. You can't trust in that, brothers and sisters. Because it's really not about the Most High. It's not about being committed to him or, or you know, a greater power. It's a commitment to what he or she wants. And that means... He's unstable in all his ways for anybody outside of himself, brothers and sisters. How can you trust him? That's why it says, don't let this man think he shall receive anything from the Most High. 
Because you're in the middle. You're in the middle. So today's lesson is what? Make up your mind, brothers and sisters. It's about overcoming the sickness of being double-minded, brothers and sisters. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 10 and 4. We're going to stick in the New Testament here, brothers and sisters. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. Do ye look Verse on, 4, brother. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Read that one more time, brother. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. And doing what? And bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So Paul indicates that the enemy invades our minds, our imaginations. Brothers and sisters, that's why it says bringing into captivity every thought to obedience, the double minded. <laughs> See, cast down your imagination in the high things that exalt itself against what the most high's will is. So it's showing you single mindedness is the virtue that holds our appetite in check, brothers and sisters, controlling our rational will and regulating our conduct, brothers and sisters, cast down your imagination. Bring every thought into captivity, into obedience under Christ. Why? Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's a mental battle, brothers and sisters. The mind is the battlefield, brothers and sisters. Being double-minded, brothers and sisters. See, this is critical here. Let's go to Isaiah, brother, uh, 26 and 3. Follow us to the Old Testament, brothers and sisters. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Whose what? Whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. So look at this. This is showing you often a double mind is a troubled mind, brothers and sisters. Because perfect peace comes from faith that does not go back and forth. Can you read that again? Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. See, whose mind is stayed on thee. See, that's singular. Singular-minded, brothers and sisters. See, if you're double-minded, you have two different desires that you're trying to accomplish. Two different things you're trying to please. Therefore, trouble, mental trouble and anguish will come. See? If, you're, if your mind is stayed on him and him alone... Peace come with that. So the Most High is alerting us to the fact that the battle of our lives is really waged in our minds, brothers and sisters. That is key. He will keep us in perfect peace if our mind is stayed on Him. Now, if you start thinking about all this other stuff, guess what? Mental anguish, the spirit of heaviness. Why? Because you're not focused on He who enlisted you. You're focused on something else. So we're learning something here, brothers and sisters. Why? Because confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth or a dislocated foot, brothers and sisters. So he's trying to see who can I trust? Who can I use as an instrument of righteousness? 
We're going to go to Psalms chapter 10. We're going to read 10 and 4, Brother Wesley. Psalms chapter 10, verse 4. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is in is not in all his thoughts. Read that again. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. It didn't say God is not in any. It said God is not in all. See, that's double-minded. <laughs> he will keep those in peace whose mind is stayed on him. The scripture before that said, take every thought into captivity to obedience in Christ. So look at this, brothers and sisters. See, you're wicked. You have a dual mind, a double soul, double loyalty. If the Most High is not in all your thoughts. It's showing you double-mindedness is a tool Satan uses to cause people to disobey the Most High. Why? Because you have dual allegiances. And duplicate allegiances is no allegiance at all, brothers and sisters. His motives will forever be narcissistic. They're only there, <laughs> you know, when things are convenient. And the second we don't see convenience, we forsake the responsibility. The Most High is saying, I can't trust you. I cannot trust you. Because as soon as you're inconvenienced by my will, you will do otherwise. Therefore, I cannot count on you. I cannot count on you. I cannot use you in a leadership position. I cannot trust you. You cannot be a soldier. Can you read that one more time, Brother Wesley? Psalms chapter 10, verse 4. The wicked, through the pride of his countenance, will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. See, so it's showing you. We must be single-minded, brothers and sisters. That's why there's a plethora of scriptures that say, trust him and love him with your whole heart. See? <laughs> Sometimes we skip right over that part. The whole heart is showing you that people can love him half-heartedly. See? We've got to be clear, brothers and sisters. This, these scriptures are going to give us clarity on where our devotions lie, where our loyalty lies, therefore telling us... Not only telling us, but telling the Most High what level of responsibility he can delegate to us. We're going to go to Matthew 6 and 21. We're going to read 21 through 25, brothers and sisters. Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will, be, there will your heart be also. Read that one more time, brother. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now that's key, brothers and sisters. This is key. Because a man's heart will be upon what he treasures most. Where your chief happiness is, there your affections will be settled. Brothers and sisters, read that one more time. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Read. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single... Thy whole body shall be full of light. Brothers and sisters, that word single means whole or undivided. So first it shows us that the heart follows the treasure, that it may dwell with the object of its love. So you first have to make sure you treasure the most high above all things. See, and not, dupe, and, and, and not showing duplicity. Well, yeah, I do love the most high, but I love this more or just as much. You can't love anything else as much as the most high. If you do, you're not single-minded. You're double-minded. Read that from 
Read 22 again, brother, please. Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. When it says if thy eye be evil, if your eye be dual. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? <laughs> if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? If what you're looking at as what's right for you is actually wrong, how great is that darkness that you're in? <laughs> you're desiring something that will destroy you. So look at this clearly, brothers and sisters. We must focus our attention on our highest priority when it says, if thy eye be single, your whole body is full of light. So it indicates devotion to purpose and undivided loyalty to the object of that purpose, brothers and sisters. If my eye is single to the most high, my entire life will be in his light, brothers and sisters. See? Read 23 again, brother, please. Matthew chapter 6 verse 23 But if thine eye if thy eye be evil thy whole body shall be full of darkness if therefore the light that is in thee be darkness how great is that darkness continue no man can serve two masters read that again brother no man can serve two masters see that's the key whom For, you excuse me whom you serve is who your master is remember we already read that you can't serve two masters brothers and sisters. This is critical. This is critical. This is showing simplicity of intentions in living one's life, brothers and sisters. You cannot serve the Most High and serve Satan or serve yourself. You cannot do it. Dual allegiances is no allegiance at all, brothers and sisters. So, you know, people have to count the cost of discipleship to see, you know, am I willing to do this? Because if I do this, I have to be willing to submit Everything, everything. There is nothing that I can say, well, I'll submit everything except for this. Well, then you're, you're not serving the Most High. You're serving yourself. Read that one more time, brother, please. Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. See? Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. So that's given an indication when you when you break down the word mammon, it's, it's money or it's wealth, brothers and sisters. So a lot of us do that too. For example, a person will say, yeah, I, you know, I, uh, I observe the Sabbath, but, you know, when I ain't got money, though, sometimes I just got to work on the Sabbath. And it's like, brother, I mean, <laughs> you can't be trusted. You cannot be trusted because guess what? You're always going to need money. We always need money. See, when, how do we know you can be trusted is when you need money and still don't break it. See, that's when we know you can be trusted because you'll inconvenience yourself for following him. See, that's the key. Brother say, well, yeah, I, I took the Sabbath ball, but really, you know, this week, you know, I didn't work that much. So I ain't got no money for next week. So I'm going to work. Brother. You can't serve the Most High and Mammy, okay? So you have to learn to be able to inconvenience yourself, not just concerning money and all things, for the sake of following His direction. Then I know I can have confidence in you because you're committed to me. You're not committed to yourself. You're not committed to money. You're not committed to your husband, your wife, your job, your children above me. 
That's key, brothers and sisters. So it's shown the importance of being able to focus in order to fulfill one's purpose. Why? Because duplicity renders us ineffective, brothers and sisters. And if Satan know which buttons to push to test your allegiance, you'll become Benedict Arnold. Read the next scripture, brother, please. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? So it's telling you, brothers and sisters, don't take no thought for those things, the, the cares of this world, because it's the cares of this world that will cause you to be to show duplicity, brothers and sisters, because you're trying to fulfill your vision, your image of your mind, of what your life should be, and serve the Most High. And the Most High will not allow it. At some point, you're going to have to split. There's going to come a fork in the road where what he's saying do is here, and what you want will be going down another path. And what we try to do is, you know, we try to stay right in the middle and extend our arms to both. And we end up getting ripped apart. We end up angry. We end up hurt. We end up rejected. We ended up we end up bitter, brothers and sisters, because why? He keeps the mind of those who have stayed on him in perfect peace. But if you're trying to do more than one thing at a time, I can't trust you because why? I can find a man, the most high saying or woman. That will put me first. So I really don't need you. <laughs> you go ahead and do what you do. I'll find someone else. Remember he said. I can raise up stones to be the children of Abraham. <laughs> he doesn't need you. He doesn't need me. And the second we understand that. I think there will be clarity there. Because he can find someone else. That's why he's telling me. Listen. Just choose today if you're going to serve me. Or serve Satan. Or serve yourself. Because I'll move on. <laughs> And you shall not receive anything from me. That's what James said, brothers and sisters. Make up your mind. We're going to go to Psalms 119 and 10, Brother Wesley. Chapter 119. We're going to go to verse 10. Psalms 119, verse 10. What does that say, brother? With my whole heart have I sought thee. Read that again. With my whole heart. Have I sought thee? We must be single-minded in our pursuit of him. Whole heart, brothers and sisters. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. See? So if we have divided affection, we'll wander, brothers and sisters. And that's key. You can't do your will and his will simultaneously. You must submit, brothers and sisters. See? And you can't submit. Every time he give you an instruction, you must submit first. Understanding that any instruction he give, I've already made the, you know, I've already made the decision to commit to it, to submit to it. <laughs> See how that goes? Guess what, brothers and sisters, when you're in the military, you can't say, well, yeah, I'm in the military until they tell me to go over into Afghanistan. <laughs> and then, then I choose not to do it. Nah, nah, you're going to jail now. <laughs> you're going to jail. See? So when you're in his army. Brothers and sisters, you have, once you commit, you're committed to whatever I tell you. You're committed to whatever I tell you. As the father, brothers and sisters, and that's including me. I don't, you know, get information from the Most High and then say, well, 
Uh, I'm not going to do that one. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll stop the pork and all of that. But this one, I, I'm not going to do. I don't know. Nah, don't work like that. I've already made the decision personally within myself that whatever it is that he tell me to do, I'm just going to do that. I'm not even going to spend time thinking about it. Because the longer I think about it, what, what tends to happen? Justification, brothers and sisters. Then you start justifying why you deserve to do what you want to do or have what you want to have. See? And that's a sin. When you start justifying it, <laughs> you're sinning. With my whole heart have I sought thee. See? That's what he's looking for. He's looking for men and women who will be men and women after his own heart. After his heart. Not after your own heart. Not after money. Not after cars. Not after, uh, um, you know, the things of this earth. Brothers and sisters. Why? Because if you won't chase me with your whole heart, then there's a part of you that's somewhere else. Cannot be trusted. Cannot have confidence in an unfaithful, uncommitted woman or man. Brothers and sisters. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians, Brother Wesley. We're going to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Do what? Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. See, so he wants us to be steadfast, to be steady, to be grounded, unmovable, always abounding in his work. Brothers and sisters, see, that should be your first obligation. His work, his vineyard. Brothers and sisters, so Paul is showing here that he was concerned about our tendency to compromise our behavior for the sake of our desires. See, to be steadfast and unmovable is to be spiritually grounded, to remain, to remain steadfast and unmovable. We must have singular devotion to the most high brothers and sisters. And I know it's hard. It is hard because we have things that we want to do in this life, especially, you know, most of us didn't have this understanding as children. We we stumbled on this information as grown men and already had dreams. So now I have to walk away from my dreams. He told the disciples, drop your nets and follow me. Guess what they did? Immediately. They dropped their source of income. <laughs> Immediately. See, that's how he knew that he could use them. He could have confidence in them because they dropped what they had been doing. They dropped their interest. They probably had to go back to their families and say, well, you know that money, uh, money going to be slowed up. Well, why? Well, we're going to be following him. <laughs> Who was that? See? You have to be willing to give that up, brothers and sisters, because guess what? If you had a boat, you you was pretty, you, you had it going on back then. It's like having a, a jet back then. And they made it a lot of money fishing, brothers and sisters. He said, drop your nets. I'm going to show you to be fishers of men. Drop what you're doing. And they immediately, it tells you they immediately did it. See? If you have to think about doing what the Most High is saying, listen, just go serve Satan. <laughs> just go serve Satan because you're dealing with pride. That's pride. Where you think you have a decision to make. There is no decision to make. <laughs> there is no decision. You're either a servant to him or serving to yourself. See? 
Well, imagine being whipped and beat while we were picking cotton, and they say, yeah, uh, you know, brother, brother Rabak, we need you to go, uh, you know, go pick them orange oranges off that tree. Well, let me think about it. What? Just think about it. You're about to get the last 150 times. When you're a servant, a slave, you don't need to think, brother. We're thinking for you. Go do what I said. <laughs> That's what the most I say. I don't need you to think. Well, I'm not paying you to think. <laughs> I'm thinking. I'm the mind behind this. You're the instrument. That's where we have to be at, brothers and sisters. And it's hard, I know. It is very hard. Especially in this world of sensationalizing materialism and, and, and sin and sex and drugs. Everything is about gratifying your flesh. It's hard, brothers and sisters. That's why we go through the trials, the tribulations, brothers and sisters. Because gold is tried in the fire. And he's trying to find out who he can trust in that day of trouble, brothers and sisters. Can you be trusted? Today's lesson is make up your mind, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to, um, we're going to read that one more time, actually. 58, brother. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So in order to be serviceable, we must be dedicated and dependable, reliable and resilient, brothers and sisters. This is what the Most High is looking for from us. We're going to go to Psalms 37. Chapter 37. We're going to read verse 5. Psalms chapter 37, verse 5. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Do what? Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Commit. Commitment. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. See? So depend wholly upon him for direction. And success in all thine affairs, brothers and sisters. See, commit thy way unto him. Commitment. See, you can't be committed if you're committed to two different things. That's not commitment, brothers and sisters. You have to have one commitment that surpasses everything else. Read that one more time, brother. Psalms chapter 37, verse 5. Commit thy ways unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. See, trust him. See, if you won't commit, it's because you don't trust him. How are you faithful then? <laughs> you don't have faith in him. You think, you know, you can't get or experience what you want to experience by doing it his way. So you don't have faith. He's showing you something here. Cast thyself, thy life, unreservedly upon the Most High. Yield thyself wholly to him. Brothers and sisters, he wants unadulterated commitment in all aspects to forfeit and dispose of our predeterminations. Brothers and sisters, this is what he's looking for. Brothers and sisters, commit thy way. Commitment. That's what he's looking for. Being faithful, brothers and sisters, is being committed. You can't be committed to something you don't trust. Just like in a, in a relationship. You know, between a man and woman. If you don't trust somebody, you're really not that committed to them. Because you don't trust them. <laughs> when there's no trust, there's no commitment. See? 
West, Brother Wesley, let's go to Proverbs 16 and 2. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2. What does that say, brother? All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirit. He weigheth the what? Weigheth the spirit. So this is key, brothers and sisters. We must commit our way to him. Why? Read verse 2. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirit. See, that's why you have to commit to him, because everything that you want to do is going to seem clean in your own eyes. We can always justify what we want. <laughs> we can always do that, brothers and sisters. Read. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. See, commit. Again, there's that word, commit. See, the great concerns of our souls must be committed to the grace of the Most High. A call to have dependence upon Him. Submission and resignation to Him. Brothers and sisters, we must discipline our focus to the priority. Brothers and sisters. Read that from the top, brother, please. Verse 2. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 2. All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy, and thy thoughts shall be established. See, so if we're committed to him, our thoughts will fall in line, brothers and sisters. And the thing is, where your mind is, your body will follow. That's why I continuously tell you to keep your mind stayed on him. You have to discipline your mind. That's why it says what? Take every thought into captivity, brothers and sisters. Because where your mind is, your body will follow, brothers and sisters. We must discipline our focus to the priority that all our purpose and all our doing should be according to his will, brothers and sisters. Sometimes you have to give stuff up, just like Abraham, just like Lot, just like all the disciples. You have to give up something. The thing is only the value of a thing is in what you'll give up for it, brothers and sisters. See? So the greater that something is to you, whether it's a decision, a desire, whatever the case may be, for you to give that up to the Most High, for the Most High, shows Him how much you value Him. That's the key. And if you won't give it up, that also shows that you value whatever you won't give up more than you value Him. See, so he, he's, he's getting a reconnaissance on us right now, brothers and sisters. This is a reconnaissance session. Brother Weston, let's go to Proverbs 4 and 23, brother. We stand in the same book, brothers and sisters. We're just going to a different chapter. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Well, look at that, brothers and sisters. Double-mindedness is a sickness of the heart. That's why I told you, where your treasure is, there shall be your heart also. Our heart determines our life brothers and sisters, blessings or grief in life depend on ruling and training our hearts, brothers and sisters. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. So that's key, brothers and sisters. How much do you value him? How much do you view him as a treasure, this opportunity as a treasure to be called out of the darkness when most of our people, not just our people, but all people are walking in a spirit of darkness, spiritual darkness, brothers and sisters, spiritual blindness, brothers and sisters. Keep thy heart 
with all diligence. Brothers and sisters, how do you do that? When your mind is stayed on him. When you've committed yourself un, you know, unadulterated to his purpose. Brothers and sisters. We're going to give you a couple examples. We're going to go to Luke 14 and 16. Where it says the issues of life. We're going to show you some issues of life. Brothers and sisters. Luke chapter 14 verse 16. We're going to read through 27. Then said he unto him. A certain man made a great supper. And a bad many. And bade many. And bade so, many. So he, he invited many. <laughs> And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. So this is a parable, brothers and sisters, of how the Most High is inviting us to a great feast, <laughs> the kingdom of heaven. Luke chapter 14, verse 18. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. What happened? And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have brought a piece of ground and I must and I must needs and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee, have my have me excused. Take your time, brother. Read verse 18 one more time. Luke chapter 14, verse 18. And they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must need go and see it and pray thee have me excused so as examine this the first brother he came up with an excuse and said well yeah i actually just bought this piece of land uh you know i need to go check it out read and another said i have bought five yokes of oxen and i go to prove them and i pray thee have me excused so and another brother said well yeah i just bought some oxen i need to go you know Prove them. I need to see, you know, how valuable, what value I can get from this. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So what are we showing you here, brothers and sisters? The last brother said, well, yeah, I, you know, I have a obligation to my a woman more than, you know, following what you have for me. The Bible, the scripture previous said the issues of life come from the heart. And we're saying here issues of life. And this is the costliness of commitment because this, excuse me, this is extremely important because the character of every life is determined by the loyalty that rules it, brothers and sisters. What we're seeing is what we must be prepared to do to follow Christ. The brother said, well, listen, uh, you know, I just bought some ground. I need to go check on that. So the first two things was what? It was materialistic. The first two excuses had to do with material things. The third excuse had to do with a man who put a relationship before everything. See, brothers and sisters, and this is all the things we do. These are the things we do, brothers and sisters. See? And these excuses, or not the excuse rather, but the excuse maker, they condemn themselves by exposing their true priority. See, that's what happens. The Most High puts you in a situation that's actually proving your priority. And when your priority is found to be something outside of him, like James said, you shall not receive anything from me. Anything. Because if I'm not your top priority, would you think I'm on the back burner? <laughs> Same way we say, if we're in a relationship, we're like, hold on. You putting somebody before me? I'm gone. I'm out of here. 
Same way the Most High is. See, brothers and sisters? Read verse 19 again, please, brother. Luke chapter 14, verse 19. And another said, I have bought five yokes of oxen, and I go to prove them, and pray thee, have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So, brothers and sisters, all these excuses reveal insincerity on the part of those invited, brothers and sisters. And that's critical. That's key. Because every, a man's ways are clean in his own eyes, and we're seeing it right here. See? We all got an excuse on why we can't do it. When it doesn't matter why you can't do it, either you do it or you don't. The excuses doesn't really matter. See? Because everybody can justify what they want. Everybody actions are clean in their own eyes. Everybody's motives are clean in their own eyes. But the result is these people didn't come. So I don't really care <laughs> why they didn't come. This is what the Bible is showing you here, brothers and sisters. Uh, read the next scripture, brother. Verse 21, please. Luke chapter 14, verse 21. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in hither the poor, and the maimed, and the, and the halt, and the blind. So look at this, brothers and sisters. When we say you can be replaced, <laughs> the Most High will go find somebody who needs him. Because obviously you don't need him. That's what he's showing here, brothers and sisters. We don't receive a lot of what we pray for because we're asking for more and haven't mastered less, brothers and sisters. See? So undertaking discipleship involves the entirety of a person's life. That which costs nothing is worth nothing, brothers and sisters. So he's showing you. He was angry when we prioritize something above him. And I'll go find somebody who actually need me. Read verse 22, brother. Luke chapter 14, verse 22. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. So look at this. Anybody who have an excuse to go against what he says, you will not taste king, the kingdom of heaven. You will not because you have a bigger priority. Your priority is not fulfilling or pleasing he who enlisted you into his army. That's, you have a, a loyalty to someone else or to something else. Read that one more time, brother. Luke chapter 14, verse 24. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. And there went a great multitude with him, and he turned and said unto them, What did he say, brother? If any man come to me, and hate not his father, and mother, and wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Boom. Look at that, brothers and sisters. See? That which costs nothing is worth nothing. What are you willing to sacrifice? Because he demands submission to him above everything else in life. And what this is showing you is God's call will disrupt your life, brothers and sisters. The life that you got planned for yourself, the most high will disrupt that. 
Because he's the most high. And I'm what he created. If you come to him, you have to hate your father, your mother, your wife, your children, your brothers and sisters, everybody. And that word hate doesn't mean how we think it does. Hate means to love less, brothers and sisters. You must love me before you love all those other things because I made all those other things. See, that's what the scripture is talking about where it says we worship the creature rather than the creator. See? We start worshiping things that he created more than him. See, brothers and sisters? You have to put him before your father, before your mother, before your wife, before your husband, before your children, before your brothers and sisters, and before what you want yourself, your own life. Or he cannot be my disciple. See, that's crystal clear, brothers and sisters. This is the cost of commitment, and everybody's not willing to do this, brothers and sisters. Everybody is not willing to do this, but this is what it's going to cost, brothers and sisters. This is what it costs. An unfaithful man cannot be trusted in the day of trouble. See, if any of what we're reading here and these uh, verses here, you have loyalty over him, then Satan can use any of these things we read here to compromise you. Therefore, you can't be trusted. You cannot be trusted. We're showing you something critical, brothers and sisters. It would be advantageous to, to ponder this, to hide this in your heart, brothers and sisters, and to make the decision to take whom you shall serve. This is kingdom business, brothers and sisters. We're going to Ezekiel. We're going to go to Ezekiel 14 and 3. Brothers and sisters, we're at Ezekiel 14 and 3, the previous scripture, which was what? Luke 14 was telling us about all these excuses that these brothers were making to not follow the instruction of the Most High to please him. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 3. Son of man, these men have set up their idols in their heart. They have what? These men have set up idols in their heart. And put the stumbling block of their iniquity before their face. Should I be inquired of that at all by them? So we look at this. An idol is anything that comes between us and our devotion to the Most High, brothers and sisters. See, a lot of us don't look at it like that. We look at the graven images and, and rocks and the Kaaba stone. That's an idol too. But the idol that's more detrimental is the one you can't see. It's the one in your heart, the one that's restricting you from fully submitting. Read. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 4. Therefore, speak unto them and say unto them. Say what? Thus says the Lord, every man of the house of Israel that setteth up his idols in his heart and putteth the stumbling block of his iniquity before his face and cometh to the prophet. I, the Lord, will answer him. That cometh according to the multitude of his idols. So brothers and sisters, it's an indication that we have lost the art of submission. We have set up idols within our heart. That's actually a stumbling block. It, it leads to iniquity. Why? Because you have, you have, you're not committed to the most high. Choose today whom you shall serve. If you want to serve Satan, serve yourself, then just do that. Go ahead, eat pork, celebrate Christmas, and do all the other stuff. Don't stop eating pork. And celebrating Christmas and Sunday worship and then 
you know, you still have an idol in your heart because it's not going to work for you. You will not taste the supper. You will not taste the kingdom. We have to, we make our own idols, brothers and sisters. That's what this is showing us. Read the next scripture, brother. Ezekiel chapter 14, verse 5. That I may take the house of Israel in their own heart because they are all estranged from me through their idols. See, you're estranged from him. You can't draw nigh to him when you're trying to draw nigh to something else, brothers and sisters, that's not within his will. See, he will take the house of Israel in their own heart because they're all estranged from him through our idols. See, we're not fully invested. He cannot use someone who's casual and not committed, brothers and sisters. Read. Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord, Repent, and turn yourselves from your idols, and turn away from turn away your faces from all abominations. Read. For every one of the house of Israel, or of the stranger that sojourneth in Israel, which separateth himself from me, and setteth up his idols in his heart, and put it the stumbling block of in, of his iniquity before his face, and coming to a prophet to inquire of him concerning me, I, the Lord, will answer him by myself. Continue. And I will set my face against that man. And what? And I will set my face against that man, and will make him a sign and a proverb, and I will cut him off from the midst of my people, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. I am, I am, a higher, a higher. So, brothers and sisters, it's showing you a couple things here. That... Our idols that are in our hearts separate us from the Most High and make us an enemy. It says, I will set my face against that man. See? Because if you're putting something else as a priority over him who created you, over him that wake you up every morning, over him that gave you the your identity back, then you have no value to the Most High. In fact, you're an enemy to the Most High. Why? Because he cannot use someone who's just casual and not committed. You cannot get into a relationship to get and not give, brothers and sisters. We're, a lot of us are better getters than we give. We won't do for God what we're asking God to do for us, brothers and sisters. And anything that takes more than it gives is not worth the investment. That's why he said you receive nothing from me. Because the only thing you're doing is take, 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 take. And then when I say, okay, well, I need you to give something up. <laughs> then all of a sudden, you forsake that responsibility. Because you had other plans. So it's showing you something, brothers and sisters. Those idols we set up in our heart. Luke 14 told us what? All these excuses. See? So you're following it's easy. When they say don't eat pork, yeah, yeah, that's easy. Yeah, I'll eat something else. When they say don't follow Christmas, yeah, yeah, that's easy. But what about that other thing, though? When he told that rich man, sell all that you have and follow me. See, we all have that one thing. At least one thing. See, and that was showing his idolatry for wealth. See, it was showing his idolatry. He cared more. He prioritized more his wealth, his money, his riches than following Christ. See, that's the key, brothers and sisters. It's showing us something here. Choose today whom you shall serve. Let's go to Proverbs, brother. Excuse me, not Proverbs. We're going to Psalms. Psalms 26 and 1, brother. Psalms, chapter 26, verse 1. Judge me, O Lord. Do what? Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in my integrity. 
I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. Slide. That's talking about sliding back and forth, doing, being, showing duplicity, brothers and sisters, being double-minded, showing a lack of commitment, a lack of allegiance to one side. Examine, examine me, O Lord. Do what? Examine me, O Lord. And prove me. And do what? And prove me. Try my reins and my heart. It says, prove me. So why test us? Because we're prone to be partial to ourselves, to make allowances where we should not. See, brothers and sisters, and the result of this examination is to make one know oneself. See, brothers and sisters, life has a way of providing situations and circumstances that test what's truly most important to us. That's what happens. Read that from the top, brother, please. Psalms chapter 26, verse 1. Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord. Therefore, I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Try my reins and my heart to magnify our priorities that are in error, brothers and sisters. Because there will be situations, there will be circumstances that will really act as a test to see where your priorities lie. Is it with the Most High or is it with whatever you want to deal with or whatever Satan wants you to deal with, brothers and sisters? See? Examine me, O Lord. Prove me. Try my reins and my heart. Why? Because I've walked in my integrity. I've kept you first. I trusted you. I trust you. We're going to go to Hebrews 12 and 27. We're going to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Follow us to the New Testament, brothers and sisters. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 27. And this word, yet once more, signifying the removing of those things that are shaken, as of things that are made, that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. So the words indicate the removing of what can be shaken, brothers and sisters. Remember, we said that life will conspire with will conspire with situations of the life, issues of the life, to do what? To prove what you prioritize. Read. Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Where we may serve God acceptably, which means there's a way to serve him that's unacceptable. <laughs> See, brothers and sisters? See? If we abandon our allegiance, we shall be cast down. This is showing us life's complications will conspire against you to reveal who you serve, brothers and sisters. Pressure is applied to induce or force us to manifest ourselves as to the position we'll take. This is what it's showing you, brothers and sisters. I'm going to shake things up just to see. Just to see. I'm going to shake things up. Where does your allegiance lie? Where does your loyalty lie? Brothers and sisters. Whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Guess what? If you're trying to have duplicity concerning your loyalties that's unacceptable brothers and sisters choose today whom you shall serve make up your mind 
brothers and sisters, is today's lesson. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus 2 and 1. Why? Because to be faithful, brothers and sisters, means to preserve, or excuse me, <clears throat> to persevere through difficulties, right? Because in any relationship, there's going to be difficulties, right, brothers and sisters? We're going to show you what we mean. Ecclesiasticus chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if thou come to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. Set thy heart aright. See, there it goes. Set your heart aright. And constantly endure. And make not haste in the time of trouble. That's key. Make not haste in the time of trouble. Why? Because when tribulation comes, a lot of times we revert back to our old ways. When we don't get what we want, we revert back to our old ways. So he's saying, prepare your soul for temptation. Prepare yourself for trials and tribulation. If you have your heart set on me, you can constantly endure. Therefore, your change will stand even in the time of trouble. Cleave unto him, and depart not away, that thou mayest be increased at thy last end. See? So even when you don't agree, even when things are being shaken up, cleave to him. Do not go back. Do not revert. Do not go to, you know, to your other way of loyalty, that you may be increased at the last end. Because why? You have to be proved first. How can I increase you in the end when you haven't proven yourself in the beginning? Read the next scripture, brother. Ecclesiasticus chapter 2 verse 4. Whatsoever is brought upon thee, take cheerfully and be patient when thou art changed to a lower state. When you're changed to a lower state, be cheerful, be patient. It didn't say if you're changed to a lower state, when you are changed to a lower state. See? Why? Because when you come to serve the Lord... You become a prey, brothers and sisters. You will be changed to a lower state. You will be disappointed in certain areas. He's saying, take it cheerfully. Be patient, brothers and sisters. When you're changed to a lower state, you will be changed to a lower state. Why? Because I have to take everything from you so I can build you back up. That's what the Most High is saying. Read the next scripture, brother. Ecclesiasticus chapter 2, verse 5. For gold is tried in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of adversity. See? <laughs> See, that's when you're proven. That's when the gold is actually proved is in the fire. See? When life is getting shaken up, and I'm telling you to walk this way, and you want to walk that way. See, this is where I'm proving. Is this fool's gold, or is this real gold? Can he deny himself, pick up his cross, follow me, or will he run back to who he was before? Will he make haste in the time of trouble? See? Why? Because most people follow God when it's convenient, brothers and sisters. People think that because they're following his law, that nothing should ever go wrong and you should get whatever you want. And it don't work like that, brothers and sisters. That's Christian dogma. <laughs> That's some watered down Christian dogma, brothers and sisters, where when you serve Christ... You never, you know, never have trials and tribulations. You get everything you want because you're following this law. That, it don't happen like that, brothers and sisters. Gold is tried in the fire. And acceptable men in the furnace of adversity to show you all people are not acceptable. Confidence in an unfaithful man in the time of trouble is like a broken tooth 
or strained foot. Brothers and sisters, see, that's why I'm sh that's why you're going through the fire now to see when the time of trouble comes. <laughs> where does your priority lie? Where does your loyalty lie? Is it with me or is it with yourself? Is it with Satan? Is it with the world? See, brothers and sisters, when you don't get what you want, when you are, you know, taken and humbled down to a lower state, what do you do? Because, see, that's what I'm looking for. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Everybody is happy and, you know, when things is good and easy. But what happens when it's not? When you go into war, brothers and sisters, sometimes you get into adverse situations. Everything ain't going to be good where you're just marching around and you're not under no fire. You know, there's plenty of food there, buffets and not. Nah. See? You must be proven. The only way I can prove you is to do what? Put you in a lower state. Tell you no occasionally. See? It's just like a brother or a sister in a relationship. And she say, well, now nah, I'm tired tonight. And the brother like, well, okay. He leave out the house and, or get on, uh, get on Twitter or, or whatever the case may be. And start looking at, you know, other women. Trying to, trying to deal with other women. Why? Because his commitment wasn't to her. His commitment was to himself. And as soon as he don't get what he want, he going to do him. That's what they, they, they call it, young people. I'm, I'm doing me. <laughs> See? As long as you get what you want, you're there. The second you don't, you forsake your responsibility. You forsake your commitment. The Most High is telling you, you're unstable in all your ways. You must be tried. You must be proven. And that's persevering through difficulties. Anybody who walks away as soon as it gets difficult was never really committed at all. Brothers and sisters. Okay? We're talking about being faithful. We're talking about being committed. Brothers and sisters. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 11 and 8, brother. Going to the Old Testament. Not Ecclesiasticus in the Apographer, but Ecclesiastes, brothers and sisters. And for those who may be new, who don't know what the Apographer is, the Apographer is 14 books, brothers and sisters, that was taken out of the Bible. When you look at the 1611 King James Version Bible, which the first year was published, the Bible had 80 books in it. The King James Version, which is the authority, the very first King James Version Bible had 80 books in it. Matter of fact, we have books from Cambridge University, Oxford University, which is a 1611 Bible that have all 80 books in it, brothers and sisters. Now, you can buy the Apocrypha in itself, a King James Version. Or you can just get the 1611 Bible, which has all of the books in it. Because why? You had Romans who wanted to take out certain information to, in order to keep us in a subservient space. And they couldn't do that with the Apocrypha in the Bible, brothers and sisters. The Apocrypha tell you what? When the Native Americans came to America, the Apocrypha tell you when they, that, you know, they prophesied them putting a white picture of Jesus Christ up. See, that's in the Apocrypha. All this is in the Apocrypha, brothers and sisters. The Apocrypha was part of the Bible. If you don't know that, you, you don't know, you know, you, you're lacking history because the Apocrypha was in the Bible up until about 1850. That's when they took it out. So for over uh, almost 200 years, the Apocrypha was good enough to be in the Bible until slaves started waking up right around the abolition of slavery. <laughs> They're like, okay, we got to take those books out because those books point directly to people of color being the children of Israel. 
So we got to we got to take that out. So for those of us who don't know, maybe tuning in for the first time, our church uses the King James Version Bible, the 1611, which was the first year it was published, brothers and sisters, and it has 80 books in it. Now, we're going into the Old Testament. We're going to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 8. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 8. But if a man lives many years and rejoice in them all, yet let him remember the days of darkness. Let him what? Let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. For what? For, there shall be, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. So it's, it's, it's showing you something here. Don't let the good times fool you, brothers and sisters. The days of darkness, there shall be many. Okay? Brothers and sisters, so don't let the good times fool you. Why? Because the, the, the scripture previously said, If you come in to serve the Lord, prepare thy soul for temptation. And count it as joy when you're brought into a lower state. So don't let the good times fool you, brothers and sisters. Why? Because good leadership can be determined by your ability to prepare for the unexpected, brothers and sisters. It says, yet let him remember the days of darkness, for they shall be many. All that cometh is vanity. Everything's not going to go right, brothers and sisters. And if your com commitment is only valid when everything is going your way, you're really not committed. You're selfish, and that's vanity. And you cannot be trusted. I cannot be trusted. Brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Psalms 31 and 23. Psalms chapter 31, verse 23. Oh, love the Lord, all ye, sent, all ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. For what? For the Lord preserveth the faithful, and plentifully... Rewardeth the proud doer. So look at that. <laughs> look at that, brothers and sisters. He preserved the faithful. See, he preserved the committed. See, our affections must be placed upon things above and not on the things of the earth, brothers and sisters. Because it's ill-advised to think that God is going to bless us and we're not committed to him. Read that one more time, brother. Psalms chapter 31, verse 23. Oh, love the Lord. All ye his saints, for the Lord preserveth the faithful. He does what? The Lord preserveth the faithful, and plentifully rewardeth the proud doer. So, brothers and sisters, if we won't do for God what we're asking God to do for us, you're going to need self-preservation, because the Most High will not preserve you. See, brothers and sisters? The faithful, the committed. Those who are single-minded, who are wholeheartedly loving the Most High. That was part of the, the greatest commandments. What is the greatest commandment in the gospel? To love the Most High with your whole heart. <laughs> See? Because why? The Most High is, is repudiated with the thought of somebody who's showing duplicity. Well, yeah, I want to I do what he says, but I kind of want to do what I need to do too. Nah, don't work like that. He's the God that created us. We're the creation. We don't have a right to say, well, yeah, I know you created me, but I'm going to use my life that you gave me for what I want. He will spew you out of his mouth, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Proverbs 28 and 20, brother. Proverbs 28 and 20. 
Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. Excuse me one second. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 20. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. Read that again. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. A committed man shall abound with blessings. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. So remember, stay the course when you're changed to a lower state. We talked about being faithful in difficult times. Read that one more time, brother. A faithful man shall abound with blessings. But he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. See, so a man who pursues every method of attaining his desires cannot be trusted, brothers and sisters. Because you're constantly living in a state of compromise, consistently being pulled in the direction of your obsession. See, brothers and sisters, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. We must be an asset and not a liability, brothers and sisters. That's crystal clear. We cannot ask the Most High for what we're unwilling to give ourselves, brothers and sisters. It's one thing he's asking us for. And that single-minded devotion to him above all else, brothers and sisters, which he is deserving of. Which he's deserving of unless you have set up an idol in your own heart, which we do that. We have these images in our mind of what we think our life should be. That's why Christ said, he who tries to save his life will lose it. But he who loses his life for my sake shall find it. See, because why? Television, media tell us where I should be and what I should be doing by this age. See, I would have thought, you know, I would have had children by now at 22. I'm 42 now. I thought I would have been married by now. I thought I would have had my own business by now. I thought I would have had a house by now. See, that's the image of the beast. That's the image of the beast, brothers and sisters. The Bible is telling you, he, his mind who stayed on me shall so find everlasting peace, brothers and sisters. We're going to go to Ecclesiasticus 1 and 28 in the Apocrypha, brothers and sisters. Ecclesiasticus chapter 1 verse 28. Ecclesiasticus chapter 1 verse 28. Distrust not the fear of the Lord. Do what? Distrust not the fear of the Lord when thou art poor and come not unto him with a double heart. And do what? And come not unto him with a double heart. Do not let the good times fool you, brothers and sisters. God hasn't promised us a rose garden. <laughs> okay? We prove our faithfulness when we stand firm in the face of intense trials, brothers and sisters. Read that again. Ecclesiasticus chapter 1 verse 28. Distrust not the fear of the Lord when thou art poor, and come not unto him with a double heart. See? So it's showing you, even when it doesn't benefit you to follow his instruction, you must do it. Why? Because our trials are priceless gifts. They're decadent treasures, brothers and sisters, where the Most High is able to assess and evaluate our ability to be trusted with trouble. It said, be patient when you're changed into a lower state, when you don't get what you want. For the fear of the Most High, <clears throat> excuse me, for the fear of the Most High is what will cause us to do what, brothers and sisters? 
to trust him with our whole heart. The fear of the Most High will have us trust him even when we're poor. Even when we don't get what we want. Even when it appears that life is getting the best of us. Read that one more time, brother. Distrust not the fear of the Lord when thou art poor, and come not unto him with a double heart. Read. Be not a hypocrite in the sight of men, and take good heed what thou speakest. Look at that, brothers and sisters. We must count in utter Lord joy when we face various kinds of afflictions. But what's key is 29, where it says, be not a hypocrite in the sight of men. So you can't be saying, well, yeah, you should do this, brother. You should stop eating pork. You should, uh, you know, not celebrate Christmas and do Sunday worship. And then you're unwilling to give up what the Most High is telling you to give up. Because <laughs> see, that's what we do. We hold other people accountable for things when we're not even accountable to ourselves. See, read that again, brother. Verse 29. Ecclesiasticus chapter 1, verse 29. Be not a hypocrite in the sight of men, and take good heed when thou speakest. Take good heed when thou speakest, brothers and sisters, which is showing what? Which is showing what your speech can be an indication of your double-mindedness, brothers and sisters. Because as long as everything's going well for you and you're getting what you want, <laughs> then yeah, everything's good. But the second things may get shaken up a little bit. Or you hear the word or the answer, no. Then you're somebody different. Take good heed what thou speakest. We're going to show you. Go to James 3 and 8, brother. We're almost done here. James chapter 3, verse 8. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Full of deadly poison. Therewith, bless me God, even the Father... And therewith curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. So he's saying, you listen, you bless the Most High with your mouth. All praise be to the Most High. Follow the Sabbath. Don't eat pork. And then you'll curse a brother. You'll curse a sister. You'll talk about him. See? Read. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. See, so we sometimes find that we display double-mindedness in our speech and our actions. Double-mindedness, like any other disease, has its symptoms. And this is one of them, brothers and sisters. This is one of them. Read verse 10. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessings and a cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. See, so such double-mindedness is not as things should be, brothers and sisters. Continue. Doeth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? See, do a spring, do a fountain give bitter and sweet water from the same spot, brothers and sisters? See, so it's encouraging us to keep the discipline of our speech in place, brothers and sisters. Why? Because our crooked speech can portray evidence of a heart that is not single-minded, brothers and sisters. See, so you have to be careful of that. You really have to be careful of that. We're going to show you why. Go to James chapter 1, verse 26, Brother Weston. Follow us there, brothers and sisters, please. James chapter 1, verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridle not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. See, so people can do what? People can disregard all this stuff about the Most High 
that you you know that you've been trying to share based on you not bridling or restricting your tongue. See, brothers and sisters, we reveal the nature of our heart through speech. Read that one more time, brother. If any man among you seem to be religious and brideth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is vain. See, and that's what will happen. People will say, all that stuff you're talking is fake because of what's coming right out of your mouth. So this passage stresses the qualifications of a man being considered faithful, brothers and sisters. Rare is the person whose speech always lines up with their faith. So double-mindedness can be portrayed through our speech, brothers and sisters. It's very important. It tells a man who cannot bridle his tongue, this man's religion, this man's belief in God is vain. Because you can't even control your tongue. You can't even control your speech. See, brothers and sisters, this is very important. Why? We're going to show you Matthew 15 and 18. These are the symptoms, brothers and sisters. There's symptoms that can show double-mindedness. Matthew chapter 15, verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart, and they defile the man. See, what's inside will eventually come out, brothers and sisters. You can only pretend to be different than your heart for a short time for it will quickly regain control and dictate your actions brothers and sisters read that one more time brother but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart and they defile the man see so spoken words come out of the heart and our true <clears throat> excuse me and our true index of our character brothers and sisters our heart is revealed by what comes from the mouth in the words brothers and sisters so you can easily tell a brother or sister that's double-minded, not fully committed to the Most High by what they're saying. Your words will be used against you, brothers and sisters. They will be used against you. See, because if you were committed to the Most High, then your conversation, your speech should be evidence of that commitment, brothers and sisters. So what we're doing here is just showing, you know, a couple symptoms of not being fully committed, brothers and sisters. Let's go to Luke 17, brother. Going to the gospel, Luke 17 and 1. We're going to read 1 through 5, brother. We got one scripture after that, and we're going to close out, brothers and sisters. Luke chapter 17, verse 1. Then, then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him. Through whom they come. So, brothers and sisters, the Bible tell you that in the last days, it will be impossible that offenses will not come. You're going to be offended. People are going to do things to tick you off, brothers and sisters. It were better for him that a milestone, a millstone, a millstone was hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. So we have to be careful not to offend because the Bible tells you if you offend somebody, then it, you deserve to be thrown in the sea with a cinder block tied to your neck, brothers and sisters. Now, guess what? This is not conditional, brothers and sisters. You can't say, well, if a brother offend me, I'm going to offend him back. But see why? That's double-minded. <laughs> see, this is the symptom. This is how you can see it, brothers and sisters. Read the next scripture, brother, please. Luke chapter 17, verse 3. Take heed to yourselves. 
If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. See, so the inability to overlook an offense is indication of duplicity, brothers and sisters. See, double-mindedness is keeping us trapped in unforgiveness. It's keeping us double-minded. We're going to prove that. Read the next scripture, brother. Luke chapter 17, verse 4. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. So look at this. It says, if the brother trespass against you seven times today, <laughs> okay, and he repent, you forgive him. Read. And the apostles said unto the Lord. Look at this here. Read that again, brother. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. They said what? Increase our faith. <laughs> the apostles like, well, hold on. The first time, you know. Okay. Well, you're talking about seven times today? Uh, you're going to have to build my faith on that, Father. You're going to have to build my faith on that one. I'm, I'm not there yet. <laughs> so it's showing something here, brothers and sisters. Unforgiveness. It's like drinking a bottle of poison and hoping the other brother drops dead, brothers and sisters. The spirit that manifests through a double-minded personality is unforgiveness. See? An increase in faith means faithful. So even the, the disciples were dealing with this, brothers and sisters. Your inability to forgive is showing what? Duplicity. You're not fully committed to the Most High because if you were fully committed, he told you to forgive. Why haven't you done that? See? So we're just showing symptoms here, brothers and sisters. These are symptoms that we haven't fully committed. We haven't fully submitted, brothers and sisters. The apostle said, listen, you're going to have to increase our faith on that. One time, okay, twice, but seven times in the same day? I, I, I'm not there yet. <laughs> well, you, you need to get there. You need to get there. All of us, brothers and sisters, all of us. Why? We're going to end it here. Isaiah 1 and 25. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 25 and 26. This is why, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 1, verse 25. And I will turn my hand upon thee and purely purge away thy dross and take away all thy sin. Ten. Ten. Mm -hmm. And I will restore thy judges as at the first. And do what? And I will restore thy judges as at the first. He will restore our judges. And thy counselors as at the beginning. Like we were before. Afterward, thou shalt be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. See? So he will restore judges amongst our people, counselors amongst our people, brothers and sisters. And that's why you must be faithful, because how can I use you as a judge within not only your people, but the world? And you're not faithful. You're not committed to me. See, that's the importance right there, brothers and sisters. An unfaithful man is not to be trusted in any capacity. The Bible tell you or a woman for that matter. The Bible tell you in prophecy that he will restore the judges as at the first in the beginning, in the book of Judges, where we had judges amongst our people brothers and sisters and thy counselors as at the beginning and the city which is Israel our people rather will be righteous and called the faithful city our judgment will be proper but you cannot be trusted with judgment if you can't forgive if you can't bridle your tongue right if you're not fully committed to the most high you will not be chosen 
for this for this purpose, brothers and sisters. The Most High is telling you, when you're getting your knowledge back, I'm going to set you up. I'm going to choose judges from amongst the people who are not do, not showing duplicity, but are singular minded, singular devotion, committed to me above all else. And those will be the ones I utilize to be judges on the earth, brothers and sisters. Today's lesson was make up your mind where we use the Bible to illustrate for us the, the seriousness of the sin of duplicity, brothers and sisters, of not being committed to the Most High, brothers and sisters, on being unstable because we're double-minded, having multiple loyalties, brothers and sisters. And through the scriptures, we've learned that life will conspire against you to show what you're loyal most to. Are you loyal to him? Are you committed to him? Have you fully submitted? Are you fully committed? Or is there something else in the world, the cares of the world, the cares of this life that have hindered you from completing this race, brothers and sisters? Today's lesson was make up your mind. We want to say, Kwam Yashirala. Kwam Yashirala. Sin no more. Sin no more.